<laughs> Bow your shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. My name is Chris. My name is Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Ooh, streaming uh, like we never have before. Streaming indeed. So uh, just a quick note. I, I appreciate everyone's patience. I know that our audio quality is uh, fluctuating quite a bit from our glory days. Uh, we've got a lot of new locations and some new logistics. So currently, our whole shtick that we're famous for in our own little non-famous way <laughs> is no longer a thing. So we're, we're famous for, for watching the episodes together of whatever we're talking about and then hopping straight on the mic so we're all in the same room. There's beautiful chemistry. There's magic in the air. There's fireworks. It's sort of like Disney in the heyday, but nothing like that. It's not happening anymore. So we're Skyping right now uh, from close proximity. I'd say about 15 miles. (laughs) Uh, But for time reasons, and we want to get these episodes out as soon as possible, we're going to try this. So I know that there was an echo in episodes past, and we were working on that. So we fixed that by changing everything that we know. (laughs) I'm saying all that to say that I hope what you're listening to right now sounds amazing. I have the utmost faith in Steve, uh, our co-host and editor, but there's only so much he can do. Don't put this all on me, man. (laughs) Uh, so, we're beginning our coverage of Game of Thrones, uh, which is a tiny little show that some of you may have heard of. Uh, this is episode 68, Winterfell. Dude, I don't That's know about y'all, about. but when I was trying to stream it, it just said Game of Thrones 68. It didn't, it did. it, it didn't pop up Winterfell until like a day later. <laughs> I was afraid that it was going to never say anything or that the episode wasn't actually there. There was some kind of glitch because I know that you said uh, that it leaked on DirecTV and I didn't know if they were like just so angry, like, shut the shit down. Oh, my God. Can you guys imagine how pissed off HBO is right now? Yeah, well, somebody so definitely got Holy fired. Shit. Yeah. Like, well, there was a there was a woman who like streamed. She, she like she got on the Directv. She, she got that access early and streamed it on her social media, and Ooh. was immediately contacted by HBO <laughs> lawyers. I fucking bet. <laughs> like Jesus. immediately, super sued. But she's probably yeah. like a little starstruck. Like, oh my god, it's HBO. <laughs> no, she we're, we're a, their lawyers. Do you guys know she John took a screen Snow? grab of it and posted it onto uh, on, on the very same social media page. <laughs> she <has> immediately, <laughs> immediately been unfriended. So apparently, and I, I've never experienced this before. I mean, most most shows release their episode names. Uh, weeks prior right. to the premiere of the season but i think uh, hbo has gotten so spoiler averse with the the spies surrounding game of thrones that they decided not to do that and 
to actually kind of delay the episode names, which is really interesting. I'm all for it, but I thought they were doing something completely revolutionary and just calling it 68. And I was super stoked for episode 69. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting there like 68. What? How many are there? You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what yeah. I'm talking about. It's just like, yeah. there's something really important. And apparently there's 68 of them. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, episodes of Game of Thrones, it turns out. Uh, so we can dive right in. I think the first thing that, that everyone probably noticed is that the uh, opening sequence to the show finally had significant changes. Um, that was kind of, that threw me off right away. I'm already on the edge of my seat. Like, holy shit. Right. Did it really? Uh, I fast forward through that. No, you didn't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I, was say, I normally do. What the fuck is wrong with I, you? I normally do when I was about to, and I was like, oh, shit, that looks different. Oh, shit. Well, the, there's a giant gaping hole in the wall, which is a cute little touch, but then it scrolls through. I think it only touches on Last Hearth, which was an addition. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes through Winterfell, the crypts of Winterfell, down to King's Landing, and then zooms into what I assume are like Kyburn's. Crips underneath yeah, King's that's, Landing. Yeah, that's yeah. underneath King's Landing where like Jamie and Tyrion met up last season to discuss the uh, the truce, and also where Kyber was like, "Oh, we can shoot dragons with big arrows." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was where uh, Arya first overheard the plot with um, um, oh, yeah? Varys and uh, uh, Illyrio. Illyrio, yeah. That's where they stored the old dragon bones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So, did you guys uh, notice um, that? Like now we see a representation of where the White Walkers are. Like you got the, you had the um, the ground by the wall, but there were like tiles flipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were yes. like flipping down from the wall into what's the the castle hearth? Last, Last hearth. hearth. Last hearth. And then when it like zoomed up above Last Hearth, the castle is actually on top of a certain spiral that plays important mm-hmm. into the into the episode later. Yeah, right. so the opening sequence actually kind of spoiled the episode if you were paying attention really closely, which mm-hmm. none of us were. We were all just excited, right, right. that it was yeah. back on. But I wonder if, I suppose, it would have to that that white tile walker trajectory is going to increase throughout the opening sequence Definitely. as they yeah. progress, right? That's pretty dope. Really cool. It's going to be flipping all the way down to fucking King's Landing, bro, by the end. But now that we're hip to it, uh, yeah. I wonder if they would do what they did before as far as... I guess it, I don't know if it would be a huge support. More to be revealed with the tiles. Right. Uh, so the episode opens and, and Steve took a little more thorough notes than me. And I say that having not seen them, just assuming they might be much more thorough. Um, we just uh, know how to open the are. Pretty well known for doing my play by play. I'm just going to touch on certain things and Steve's going to stop me if I uh, interrupt the timeline at all. But uh, so the show opens uh, with a wonderful echo of the pilot, mm-hmm. right? So everybody entering Winterfell. Um, <laughs> I wrote that exact same thing in my notes. Echo. <laughs> See, we yeah. are on the, <laughs> so many synonyms we could have used, but we're on the same wavelength. Um, so yeah, everybody entering Winterfell. Uh, I love that shot of that little peasant boy trying to get a view of the army marching in and then climbing up the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me of a, of, of brand climbing, uh, which I thought was a nice little touch by the director, David Nutter. And um, but also it's something I'd never thought of before because we're always used to all these grandiose characters like, you know, Queen Circe and, uh, you know, these Bravosi bank lords. And we've got Littlefinger and we've got Sansa and the Starks and the Lannisters. But I hadn't thought much about like the peasants and like the poor farmer. And mm-hmm. what the fuck are they going to do when the White Walkers just come <laughs> marching by? Like, 
I went to get the corn, but mommy's up again and she died 10 years ago. I don't know. Uh, it was terrible. Well, I think but, it's more of a direct echo of uh, Arya in uh, the pilot because she's the one running mm-hmm. around in the Winter Winterfell soldier helmet, climbing up on the little cart, trying True. to get a good view and stuff. Trying to see things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's like, and she was the one in the crowd of uh, uh, in this episode who just kind of looks on at, at the boy and smiles because she knows. Yeah. She's, right. she's like, that was me eight years ago or however long. It's like, hang in there, kid. Maybe one day you'll be made blind by a weird guy in a <laughs> creepy death cult. <laughs> yeah, they just, they meet eyes and she's just like, a girl knows. <laughs> a girl knows. Um, and there's all kinds of echoes later on. Where, I mean, Jamie, uh, I don't want to jump to the directly to the end <laughs> like that but <laughs> Steve interrupt me I fucked it up already there's a, there's a whole the, the show scene. that you just get bro the, the but when he takes his on. cowl off right it's kind of reminiscent of when he removed his helm uh, in the pilot and oh. shook his golden hair yeah, um, fair enough but I just thought that was neat so he's a, he's a brunette arriving now. in Winterfell yeah I just like seeing the small people in this war we hadn't seen a whole lot of that um did I do want to know. Um, sorry, uh, Andy suggested that we take a look at hashtag Dem Thrones on Twitter. Did you look? Yes. Which, yeah, I, I looked at that. One of my favorite ones was someone took a clip from the opening scene of everyone arriving into town, and it's the clip of Grey Worm and Miss Sandy like looking at each other, and they look into the crowd, and like the meanest looking white folk are like staring oh, yeah. them down, and like the person tweeted out like, "Man, even Westeros black people can't get any from the white." People. And I'm like, oh man, it's. True. True though, like it the, is true. There it's was, I think shot. that was a definite, legitimate way because Dim Thrones hashtag is hilarious. It's a gold mine, mm. but I think that's a legitimate reading of that scene. I mean, these North folk have never seen people of color ever, right? And yeah, it. I think it's meant that you know, Missandei and and Grey Worm can feel that. You know what I mean? They're just right. like, oh fuck. Uh, you know what I mean? Awful lot of bun- honkies up here. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I, you know don't have any experience with that obvi but uh, it was nice that they touched on that uh i felt like too i don't know how i feel and we'll get into more of this later um i guess let me let me just pause it real quick and just get no details whatsoever just real quick what were your overall thoughts i mean we've waited for what like 565 days for this episode it's finally the premiere you've got your popcorn you're I sitting mean, with your loved ones the whole world's count. aflame what did you think right steve I mean, overall thoughts, just were you disappointed? Was it amazing? Was it a mixture? I thought it was very solid. Uh, it, it As an episode in and of its own, it didn't blow me away, but I thought it delivered exactly what it needed to do. And I'll, I think it delivered a lot of things that maybe the rest of the season won't have time to deliver, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Like like some of the, this, there was a lot of humor in this episode and I feel like they were like, let's yeah. get all the, 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 the eunuch ball jokes out of the way. Uh, in this episode, because we're going to have some real shit in the next five. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah dude. what you think? It was way funnier than I expected it to be. Like, like the eunuch jokes and stuff. And it, 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 it's a throat clearing episode. Like, how do you... They know how big the show is. You know what I mean? The writers, the showrunners, everything. And so it's like, what do you open with? And of course, a, a fucking eunuch joke. You, you got to just break the ice. You know what I mean? And what better way mm-hmm. to do that than for it to be just teary and being like... At least your balls won't freeze off. You know what I mean? Like, all right, good, cool, yeah. But even other things like, uh, like 
when John was kissing Danny and like goes wide eyed and sees uh, Drogon like staring at him and stuff and Drogon's staring back at him with a weird ass face like the show was this episode is way funnier than I thought it was going to be which is good I also um, I think Bran kind of summed up my feelings about the episode very early on within the first 10 minutes where he said we don't have time for this your dragon is one of them now we need to get this shit going I'm, I'm paraphrasing but yeah, no, that's like, verbatim. That's the the uh, delivery was a little off. He was more like, right. we need to get this shit going. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I was talking to somebody uh, about the show at work, and, and they they didn't hate the episode, but they were like, you know, this is bullshit. We don't have time for any of this. There's only, you know, essentially there's wholeheartedly five advocating left. for the spectacle of season seven that many hardcore fans took issue with. Um, and I just thought that was, I don't want to be smug about it, but I took issue with that myself, but mm. uh, well, let's, well, let's be honest. This, this, this is the most hyped HBO show ever. Mm-hmm. The most hyped premiere of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if this show literally reached through the TV screen and gave everyone a consensual hand job, people would be <laughs> find something to bitch about it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, at least I like consensual. Emphasis on consensual. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> HBO wouldn't wouldn't go there. Right. Yeah, not um, necessarily. I've seen the Michael Jackson doc. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> shortly after Brand says your dragon is one of them, let's get this show on the road. They go on. On like a four minute and now this is a pretty I mean, I mean not necessarily a short game of thrones episode but not a long one by any means when we were promised like every every episode of season eight is going to be a, mm-hmm. a, a the length of a movie obviously not this was like 52 minutes or something four Except of those for the 50, first two right four of those 58 minutes or 52 minutes were john and danny going on a joy ride and going and fucking by a waterfall you know what i mean and that happens right after brand says you guys shit has hit the fan you know what i mean right. so i felt like the pacing well, was a little bit off and i just i i I, i'm of two minds about it i wanted a lot more to happen but i didn't necessarily fault them for not jumping right into the meat of it if that makes sense well i think for me that overall at the time I was just in love to be back in the seven kingdoms and back in that universe and that it was finally happening. And I'm so ecstatic that this resolution to a story that I've been immersed in for 16 years is coming to some kind of end. And as terrified as I am about that, I'm excited, but rewatching the show and researching it and really thinking about it. There's a lot that disappointed me Mm -hmm. about where they're going, especially where they're taking some of these characters. And I want to talk a lot more about that. Um, Daenerys is a huge one. I mean, you know, we've all, at least for me, I've been in love with her, right. For like quite literally since I was a a little kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, we'd always heard rumors even back when we were just reading the books that she could one day lose her mind and become a mad heiress and all this stuff. And I never quite saw that, even though I thought that was an interesting premise. And I don't think that's what's happening, but they're making choices with her character to where she's no longer that likable in a lot of senses, right? Like she, um, there's way back in season two, they talk about, I think it's season two and it's Jorah that says she'll make a good queen because she has such a good heart and she's, she's losing a lot of that. And a lot of it was cool as the story progressed. Like she would do these brutal things that you're like, she's going to have to do that in order to, to take back the throne, right? She's going to have to grow up. She's going to have to be uh, a badass at some point. But now 
like riding into the city, it's not even badass. It's just ignorant. Like she seemed completely oblivious at how these people might feel. Um, mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she's just smirking and smiling. I saw on a, a Dim Thrums hashtag this little <laughs> video of a guy uh, in a halter top and short shorts prancing into his bedroom, and it was like Daenerys walking into the north, you know, be like or whatever. And it's like she's just preening and like, look at my dragons, and everybody's freaked out. They're you know they're freezing, they're starving, they're worried about the impending war, and and she's just smiling and riding high and looking at John like, hey, I hope your family likes me, you know. Look Look at my dragons! <laughs> I got dragons! And it's, it's just... It's not like her. It's really like fucking Joffrey-esque to me. You know what I mean? Like these constant flexing and shit displays of power. And I don't mean to bring up the J word. That's, that's, that's hyperbole. But you know what I mean? Like the J word. No, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I feel like she did sort of react to um, the general distrust in her uh, entrance. But at the same time, I... I don't know that there was necessarily enough build i mean how could there be build up to um have that play off the way it ought to when in reality this is like you know somebody from fucking i don't know somalia showing up and saying Mm -hmm. hey i'm your one true queen you know what i mean and that's that's she ought to expect more discord than what she even more discord than what she's running into. These people should be fucking rioting, you know? And I think a lot of that's probably the product of it being the show and what they're up against and how much time they have. And, and the book's version of that, whatever that will be, will have a lot of, obviously it'll be from Danny's perspective and there'll be a lot of reflection and internal dialogue to use. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was pretty in character for her though. Cause I mean, Danny's always been kind of, uh, grandstanding in her and what she sure. brings to the table. I mean, she has like 50 titles that she always yells at people. Um, <laughs> and, but, I, but like, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't read Danny as so much as being unlikable. Just, it was just, she's who she is in an area that doesn't know her. So if you don't know Danny that well, you can, it, you could very easily come across as, Oh, this, this bitch. This bitch. Uh, this bitch. Uh, um, but, but I also find that that's also the most interesting part of Danny's character as a whole throughout this whole series is the, the tangible element of like, yeah, she's good, but could she turn evil? Right. You know, would she give up her throne if she had to? Yeah, you know, I, I think that Ooh, spoiler alert. Right, I think that yeah. uh, Sam is kind of playing that uh, the devil's advocate in that, you know, and that that's one thing that I really like about this episode that um, we have didn't get a lot of uh, last season, which is like consequences of prior actions, and uh, you know, her killing. Um, Randall and Dick and Tarly uh, at the time. Well, and- hold on, that's a huge thing. I want to. I want to get to that, Andy. Hold that that thought because that's. I think huge. And I don't, I want to talk about how you guys read that, but so Sansa's Sansa's overly cold. Right. And, um, what they're doing with Sansa's character nowadays, I I love the arc of it, but I don't know that it's entirely earned. And I want to point out two things. So they're in this great hall meeting hilarious when she says, Lord Umber and the little boy stands up from behind the giant man. Cause I forgot all the umbers were murdered and it was just a little boy, Ned. Right. right? So he stands up like, yeah, 
<laughs> uh, she's like, go get, go get your motherfuckers who aren't here yet for some reason, even though the entire North is. And then, okay, whatever. Uh, and then she points out Sansa's now just so practical, right? So hmm. everybody's celebrating and we're all going to fucking kill the zombies. And this is definitely the problem. And she's like, but how are we going to feed the dragons? Which, hmm. you know, she, it showed her in prior seasons counting the grain and shit, but I'm like a little annoyed, but I get it. That's a practical concern, I suppose. And I love the line where she says, what do dragons eat? And Danny leans for her and says, whatever they want. Like, See, that, that <laughs> whatever felt, the fuck they want. That felt one linery to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not sure how, how I can express that thought the best other than say, like, it felt like the show used to be more nuanced and now things like that seem to be the norm. That's kind of what I mean. And I'm kind of contradicting myself. So on the one hand, I laughed out loud. I loved it. Like, that's a I good was like, line. I, I, agree. I was like, Danny can fuck you up. And that's hilarious. Right. Dragons are cool. They'll eat. Uh, prissy little bitches right but on right. the other hand i'm like that is unlike the danny that we know who is very diplomatic very intelligent right very mm -hmm. empathetic and in tune who should is also see that as a concern but she's emotionally bristling at you know the sister that doesn't like her and she's in a foreign land i don't know i don't know steve is, what do you think i i've you know danny's a lot of things but i never would think of her as diplomatic like she's always been sure she is. She spent she's always been someone an extra like, year and a half trying to stay behind to to keep Marine and Astapor from crumbling. Well, that was once she, she, she freed married the his star low douchebag. I mean that that's that as diplomatic as you so, get. That was more so because Tyrion okay. told her to hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. Pause, Steve. You didn't read the books. No, I didn't. Right? I'm talking. So, I'm, I'm, okay, you're right. That's me. That's we're, the show should stand on its own, but I'm clouded. I can't take it away. <laughs> I've literally read 900 pages of Danny trying to stabilize the political and economic growth of Essos, and that's not in the show, really. Right? So, yeah, there's that the maybe. In the show, Danny's either like abducted by Drogon and on her crazy Drogon <laughs> adventures, true, or Tyrion is telling her what to do in Marine or right. advising her. And she, and like to her credit, she listens to people who like, as Tyrion once said, like she knows herself and knows her limits, and she surrounds herself with people who are keep her in check. But um, I, I don't think her impulse is to be politic political, mm -hmm. and she tries to be though to her. Uh, to her, to her credit, when she first kind of gets into Winterfell and like everyone's lined up to meet her, another echo from episode one where everyone was yeah. lined up in the courtyard to meet King mm -hmm. Robert. Um, she goes up to Sansa and she's like, "The North is as lovely of a, as I've ever seen. You're you're lovely too." And Sansa's like, "Yeah, cool. Uh, Winterfell's yours, whatever, bitch." Right? <laughs> like, yeah, icy. Like Sansa was like really icy to her, and then you go into this this scene that they were that we were just talking about, where Sansa's complaining about having an army to help with the army of the dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I you know I think it's totally within Daenerys's character to be like, you know, <laughs> dragons eat what they want. I don't give a right. shit. And right. that's I guess I digress quite a bit. I was talking about whether or not the show has earned this version of Sansa, and so then there's that line, that whole dynamic of how she is, and and then when she reunites with Tyrion, which I was very excited about. And that was beautifully done by Peter Dinklage and Sophie Turner. Like I, I you really sense like some kind of deep love or, or mm -hmm. care and understanding yeah, between the two. Right. And then he talks about Cersei and, and admittedly he's 
obviously being an idiot there and hasn't had a great idea in quite some time, maybe seasons since Tyrion's actually had a successful like uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But she says, I used to think you were the cleverest man that I knew. And walks away. And the implication there is that Sansa has the real truth of everything and that she's smart, perhaps even smarter than Tyrion. And that all of season's, season seven was fucking bullshit, which is what I was saying last week, y'all. And she's I'm just, just like, not, you believe I'm just her. not buying it. <laughs> oh, you're, not, you're, you're not buying the arc of Sansa? I love that she's more jaded, more practical, much tougher. I just... I don't know how to say it without pissing the world off. I, I just don't think it's earned it. I think it's some. Mm. She's not humble at all. That's there's think, some fan service that is related to social justice warriorism with how elevated Sansa is now. Does that make any sense, or do I sound like a complete douchebag? I, I do get what you're saying, but I also you got to think about where has she been this entire time? She spent her time with all over the world with with Ned and Catelyn, <laughs> which is great. She spent her time with Cersei. She spent her time with Tyrion. And then she spent her time with Varys Littlefinger. She's, Littlefinger. She spent her time with the wiliest people in the Seven Kingdoms. You know what I mean? And so it makes sense to me that she would have developed into the person that they're showing her to be. Whether or not mm-hmm. they've earned it as far as coverage and what we've seen of her, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm not sure it's necessarily true. But when I think about, like, objectively, where has this girl been for eight years? Who has been her company? I can see her being who she is now, if that makes sense. I guess maybe without even thinking about it, I'm a little more upset at what a fool they've made of Tyrion recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Than how smart they've made Sansa. You know what I mean? I just something Absolutely. bothers me uh, about how gullible he's become, and um, I don't know. Well, his, his family is his weak is his weak spot. Like he has some sort of blinders with his family, so that's why he's so easily uh, manipulated by Cersei, just because she said she's pregnant and he took her at her, her word. Um, this scene did though have one of my favorite lines of the episode, which was. Uh, when Tyrion's like, oh, the, the last time we saw each other, it was at the Purple Wedding. Uh, it was a miserable affair, and <laughs> Santa's yeah. like, eh, it had its moments. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. That was definitely <laughs> smiled. Um, um, did, you, did you guys notice, and this is a good segue into another topic I guess we could talk to, is during that scene when Tyrion and Sansa are talking, there's a raven in the background the entire time. Yeah, there's, some people and, are saying it might have been Bran. Yeah, and then it cuts to Tyrion looking at Bran who's staring up at him in the courtyard. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And Bran just, Bran's just being all creepy and we kind of skipped over his reunion he's with... warging uh, into birds. We kind of skipped over his reunion with John, which was kind Awkward. of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't it's, find it much of a reunion at all. I mean, he said, you're a man now and then Bran said, uh, sort of. Which are almost, or I don't remember. Or almost, yeah. It was a so terrible it's not, reaction. Not quite. <laughs> which is supposed to be read as the duel, like, well, I'm a late teen, but I'm also the three-eyed right. raven, so I'm not really quite a man. Um, not, I'm only partially human, right? And I, I don't know. I find Bran hilarious, and I know it's a tough... Uh, the internet's just going crazy with Bran memes, which, yeah. is, which is cool for Isaac Hempstead, right? But... It's a tough thing to write when you have somebody who's sort of omniscient, but your only out is that he doesn't quite know how to use the full extent of his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely I, tough on how to use him, and I, I respect him for that. I do. The, the thing that makes me laugh, but it's also my biggest frustration with this episode, is 
kind of harkening back to what Andy said earlier, where they, they all mm-hmm. meet up at Winterfell and Bran's like, we don't have time for this. And There's then sits tr- in the yard for two days straight. <laughs> just goes in the courtyard. Just, sits just in to the fuck with Jamie. Literally like overnight, <laughs> which is insane. But that was fucking dope when he says I'm waiting for a friend. And then like four scenes later, we get the payoff. Yeah. That, and also that cool. who knows why he's waiting there. It might not just be to fuck with him. There could be some huge plot yeah. reason that he has to divert Jamie to somewhere else. Ho- right. Hodor so. could still show up, man. You know, hey man, you never friend. know. Yeah. Um, what he's if next scene eyes. all we see from Jamie is Hodor, and we're like, oh fuck, <laughs> revenge, <laughs> revenge. Um, so anyway, moving on. There's two. Andy already alluded to one of them, uh, but I wanted to touch on Danny's reaction when she's confiding with John about Sansa's reception, and we get a little more angry, potentially psycho Daenerys, right? Mm-hmm. She says, um, if she can't respect me as queen, dot, 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 and she's interrupted mm-hmm. by the Dothraki, and you're supposed to infer, like, then what? You're going to cut her fucking head off? Right. You know, feed her to the dragons? I'm kill a bitch. Um, I didn't get that impression. I've just read a little bit about it, and I just wanted to see if you guys picked up on that at all, that there's going to be some... It almost feels like, because let's jump ahead, I want to curve a little bit. So John's reunion with Arya... Which there's so much to talk about there. Oh, I mean, we've I been waiting it. on that forever. It was beautiful. That was a great the scene. look on her face. Maisie Williams did an incredible job. Um, yeah, when she I, used when to she be, broke the faceless man facade yeah, and was like yeah, Arya for a Arya second Arya there. Again. That was beautiful. And so I saw well the behind done. the scenes, and she was saying um, that she hadn't gotten to act with Kit Harrington since season one, and so that there's a lot of like legitimate feelings of the actors being shown through there and it was the director that was saying that so he didn't have much to do at all with that scene but there's some tension at the end when they're holding him and he, you know he's like I'm the family too and she's like don't forget that you know and mm-hmm. it's kind of cold I brushed it off at the time but in retrospect it seems like between that and what Danny's saying with John that they're kind of gearing up to some Targaryen versus the Starks strife oh yeah. sure that I hope blows over and doesn't culminate in some <laughs> tragic Shakespearean end. Like, cause that would fucking sure. break my heart. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm dude, you better get something for your heart. Cause I'm sure that's a hundred percent going to happen in right. some way or another. <laughs> you think so? There, yeah, I mean, there uh, has to be conflict. That's what I was start, starting to say before is that there, you can't just have the good guys and the bad guys on either side. You kind of have to have some conflict and there has to be interior no. conflict too. And that doesn't, yeah. No. Yeah, th- th- <laughs> <laughs> this this scene was, with Ari was was really good. Like everything you mentioned, um, just the emotions that were in it. Like from them being happy to see each other. You know, you have that like used to be taller line, which is really funny because Kit Harrington's short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to one of the one of the things is like when they start comparing their sores because she brings out needle and he's like, you still have it. He asks her if she's ever had to use it before. And there's this like really like quick flash of regret in Maisie Williams face for, and then she mm-hmm. goes once or twice. Oh, that was that, that kind of killed me in a way. Like I, I felt right. really bad for her in that moment. Like, Oh, poor I Arya. ruined it because I, I'm totally against talking, especially during game of Thrones. And I was with two or three people and I couldn't help being clever. And I just was like, I've killed 74 men. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. And three women and two children. But, um, I wiped out the phrase. Yeah, right, right. Like she's literally killed like dozens and dozens of people, not always with needle. That seemed, um, really plotty to me. Uh, 
there's a lot of mention of who specifically has Valyrian steel in this episode that was kind of obvious to me. Did mm-hmm. you guys pick up on that? A little bit, yeah. They were like, in within dialogue and exposition, trying to remind the viewer of all of the placements of Valyrian steel that's going on in the plot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the reunion, I think that was incredible. Um, one of my favorite moments of the episode. Um, and then diving around the huge topic for now, um, which is, I think, Sam and Danny and Jorah. What did you guys think of the dragon ride? Which I think Andy kind of alluded to his opinion. I had a heartbeat of, yay, John's riding a dragon. And mm-hmm. then just dread at how awful and out of place the whole thing was. Yep. Steve? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't hate it. No? Um, no, I, I know a lot of this is kind of like the big uh, controversial scene in the episode um, mm-hmm. that seems to be like garnering a lot of uh, heat amongst people. But I didn't really mind it that much. I thought it was like a fun kind of again, going back to what I said about how this episode is getting a lot of the fun stuff out of the way. I feel like this is a good like f- this is a was a good feel good moment in Game of Thrones. Like, oh, cool. He's riding a dragon. Really neat. Yeah, uh, I understand people's. Uh, concern that maybe like John riding the dragon named Rhaegal should uh, <laughs> should have had a more epic feeling to it, whereas this was more yeah just a flight of fancy type thing. Um, Literally, yeah. right? But here's uh, my stance, right? It doesn't bother me that Brand just said we we need to hurry and they're doing this. Like that's I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, what you said, like the execution should have been taken with a little more uh, depth and weight. And even little, I hate to be a dick, but like the CGI wasn't super wasn't great. Super great either. Yeah. Like it when was, John's looking up and saying, I can't ride a dragon. Like he, yeah. he, he looks like he's standing in front of a green screen, which he was. Well, I, I saw the behind the scenes. So they're, they're writing a thing called a buck oh yeah do you um, see where he like got his testicle caught in the shit yeah. and he's like i thought yeah. this is how it's gonna end <laughs> being thrown around by my balls so it's essentially like a mechanical bull in front of a green screen and with a big fan blowing on him that's how they do that and not to be a dick again but you could kind of tell right that that's what that is you know what it reminded um, me of was uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban when uh Harry rides uh, the hippogriff for the first time, Nerd. where he's just like flying over the lake, going woohoo! Literally, he yells woohoo! <laughs> I, like I just picture, picture John doing that the entire time. I'm like, okay, we're going Harry Potter on this shit. And well, and I've seen a lot of how to how to train your dragon. Did it better? Memes. I've never and, seen any of those like movies, man. I really They're need to. Really good. Those are really good that. films. Um, no, I like as much as I'm hating on that scene, it's actually a really important one because, you know, George R. R. Martin has said that you have to be Targaryen in order to be able to fly, um, mm-hmm. fly on a dragon, I should say. Um, and which like, Daenerys doesn't know he's Targaryen and how irresponsible is it yeah. that he's like, what if he doesn't want me to ride him? And she's like, well, then it's been good knowing you, King of the North. Right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> You will die, and everything we're doing here diplomatically is a waste of time. Ha oh, let's go. And I read an article just... that talked about, um, and now this is a throwback to the books, and it's a character, uh, Steve, that we mentioned last time, uh, Quentin Martell, who's a, a mm. um, 
a kid from Dorne who uh, goes over to try to woo Daenerys um, after she rebuff re- <laughs> after she rebuffs him. Uh, he tries to take one of her dragons. He tries to take Viserion, and uh, the he actually ha- does have um, Targaryen ancestry uh, and is burnt to a crisp and dies and so it's not just a question of being a targaryen but being a worthy targaryen um and so it's actually a scene that's happening here with a that has a lot of weight and gravitas behind it at least as far as the lore is concerned and none of that is portrayed in the show it's just a look at him go look at this pretty waterfall you know what i mean which well, the thing that bothered me most is the chemistry between um, Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington, which is tenuous for me as far as like this this star-crossed lover. I don't get that vibe at all, and it's it sucks, you know. And um, mm-hmm. they're actually really good friends, the two actors. Um, and you can see behind the scenes footage when they kiss. He pretends to vomit, and she laughs, and like unfortunately that comes through in the show. I think a lot Um, (laughs) that they're actually just friends. Yeah. The whole friends vibe. Maybe. And that scene for me was like the worst version of that. Maybe they want it to be played like she's kissing her nephew and we're supposed to be kind of like, Hmm, not feeling this. No, see the incest. <laughs> call me weird. Never once bothered me. Like I've never trucked with those. Like you know what I mean. Like it's so gross. I can't wait till he finds out. I'm like, eh, I mean, you know, it's the times. We both seen Chris's internet history, dude. We know what's up. <laughs> no, 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 no. So. We, One thing, I don't know if anyone else picked up on or if it was intentional. I haven't seen anything about it on the internet. How many chicks are going to offer to fuck John in a cave for eternity? Oh, yeah. Before that, we that, think it's... That was an was ob- that intentional? obvious throwback. You know, we could stay, was it obvious? We, yeah, we could stay here forever. And, you know, they mm-hmm. basically might have o- might as well overlaid Egret on the screen, you know what I mean? And, like, played Just her music. in the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think he'd be like, well... Definitely should have done that last time. Let's do it. You know. Let me see what I can do with my tongue. <laughs> He's using the same lines. Nah, she's fucked Dario. He's done. So she's she's had she's definitely had her ass eaten by the <laughs> most of the second sons. That does, yeah. That guy looks like he would. We did skip a, a couple couple of scenes though. I'm sure this. we did, Steve. Uh, primarily. Um, I mean, blink if you miss it, but, you know, Cersei's in King's Landing, super happy that the wall has fallen. Uh Um, And then it cuts to Euron on a ship. He's got Yara held hostage. Yeah. And he's all like, I'm going to fuck the queen. (laughs) Which he proceeds to do. (laughs) Um, Some incredible acting by uh, Lena Headey there, in my opinion. Um, Very subtle. And she's kind of turned on by Euron, but also just really wants to desperately keep him as an ally. And felt more she was lonely like when she turns and looks back to him like i absolutely read that as a everybody in my life is gone or has abandoned me kind of thing and just needing comfort i have a feeling because in the moment watching it i wasn't sure like what is she getting at why is she 
saying yes to this dirty pirate man. But then she has a line later on where she's talking about you're the most arrogant man I may have ever known. And in a way, like, do you, do you guys think that maybe Euron's arrogance reminds her of like season one Young Jamie, Jamie. Mm-hmm. who's yeah. like super got that vibe. fucking arrogant? And she's like, yeah, that this I love arrogant douchebags. <laughs> and this is after the somewhat it didn't carry any of the weight that it should have. The scene where. Um, Bronze having a threesome with the chicks with herpes and Kyburn <laughs> says that Cersei we'll essentially is paying him to assassinate Tyrion and Jamie. right? This is after that, right? Yes. So, I mean, we already know that she, she literally has no one in the world now. Like, she's completely off the deep end, has decided to off even Jamie. Um, so, there, yeah, there is that element, uh, element of profound loneliness, for sure. I feel like there was a really obvious really important scene that ought to have been there which is Cersei telling Kyburn to do that I mean this could be Kyburn finally having agency in the show at all and, yeah it and, was kind of without any fanfare yeah. you know what I mean like our queen has a sense of poetic justice it's like does she why, because I didn't see her say that why pay Braun? yeah uh, the only person of in the entire show that is 100% not gonna do it it's like here <laughs> take, take, take the crossbow and go kill right. these guys like yeah no that's zero percent chance that happens hey you know that guy that you hung out with for three seasons and that other guy you hung out with for two seasons and have <laughs> the utmost amount of respect for both I need you to kill those people for gold um, they also have an equal amount of gold so right. you, <laughs> you could easily betray me and benefit uh, but any hoozle you know, have yeah. you heard the theory that they're going to bribe Braun with the twins because he wants two castles now Oh, I thought you meant like there were two ladies and twins. So like, <laughs> twins. That would probably that work now. for Braun. I'll do it for twins. Steve, this one's for you. I feel like Braun listens to a lot of Motley Crue, or at least the Westerosi version. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> he's already got the look down. He's just, he's just missing some eyeliner, and he's, yeah. he's there. Um, uh, in that guys- scene with uh, Yara, uh, I'm sorry, I just want to a little book stuff, but he says that they're the only Greyjoys left, which is a little bit of plot armor for why he's kept her alive, right? Mm-hmm. But it also means that Aaron Damphair, uh, her other uncle, Balin's brother, has died off screen. Yep. Um, and then a brother from the books, which is huge, is a huge character, Victorian, yeah. is another brother of Balon's that has never existed. Yeah. Um, but I guess gets off in the books by that point. Who knows? But just want to yes. throw that out there. He also mentions the his his boats crewed by mutes. Isn't that a Euron book thing? It's a book thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They mentioned that the first, in the show too. But isn't this the first time they've mentioned it? No, I think they, I, I think they mentioned it when they first introduced Euron. Like, I heard ah. you lost your mind at sea, and you um you cut out the tongues of all your men. And he said, "I needed silence or something." I'm I'm pretty sure that that's in the show. Um. um what do you guys think of the, I mean, right before Euron and Cersei get together, there's that scene where we meet Captain Strickland of the Golden Company, and he's kind of going over, like, what the Golden Company has brought to Westeros for the army. And A dearth of like, elephants? Yeah. Where's the elephants? And he's like, oh, we don't have any. And it's almost like Cersei looks directly into camera and says... I'm really disappointed. I wanted those elephants. <laughs> like we didn't have the budget. <laughs> we had we had to do a magic carpet ride with dragons. No, I didn't get that um, budget joke vibe at all. I mean, it's funny in retrospect, and that's probably the practical reason they had to bring it up. But I got like this 
Cersei is is really smart, but has just completely lost her mind and has always been emotional and childish. And I got that kind of like uh, the chick from Willy Wonka. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, I wanted elephants. You know? it's just like, <laughs> She's violent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you turn in violent, violent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the vibe that, that I got from that. Um, so, okay. Now the big thing, the scene with Samuel Tarly, where, which I had forgotten, honestly, that Daenerys even rewatching it recently. Cause I'm like, fuck Randall. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that she had, uh, cooked him. And at the time that it happened, Tyrion was very worried about yeah, that action from good her. foreshadowing, for sure. So a callback now. Jorah seems to walk in super happy <laughs> to Sam's presence. It looks really awkward when he brings that up, right? And I almost think that the writing, a little poor, like they rubbed it in a little too much for me. Because Sam's like, oh, well, you know, my dad's going to be Mrs. Sword. And she's like, no, he's not. I killed him. And he's like, oh. That's very sad, but at least I can go home and see my brother now. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like right. South Park almost. Yeah. You know what I mean, like if it just had kept going. Oh, well, well, my I mom. Must... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, my mom will be happy. Well, no, I killed her too. You know, she died well, in the box. I bet about Grandma's very sad. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't know that there was that, but anyway, Who's how did you read that, that? Sam? dude? I um, was... his. I thought that, anyway, I thought that it, Sam's acting was fantastic in that scene. Yeah, like he fucking. His name is John him. for sure. Bradley, John Bradley. That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's what yeah, it is. I believe so. Um, yeah, his act. You're right, Andy. His acting was super. I thought in that, that scene. he absolutely fucking killed it. Like, you oh, know, he's he's phenomenal. He, he, despite his dad being such a fucking prick, he was actually genuinely upset that he had been killed. And you mm. know, I mean, I speak. Still I, his I dad, think right? that speaks to his character. But when she said that his brother died, now his brother. Um, we didn't get much of him. You know what I mean? Like we did. He seemed like a good dude for real, for real. Yeah. He seemed okay. I mean, he seemed kind of like he a, saved Jamie, a little bit of a pompous prick. Like, Oh, we weren't hunting and I killed a stag. And his dad's like, yeah, but he was like a frat boy raised by yards. Yeah. Yeah. An asshole that would maybe grow up to be a good man still once right. he got away from home. You know, right. Right. I remember, wasn't he nice to Sam though? In the episode, they went back. I thought his, I thought Dickon was nice to Sam. I, I think he had some kind of good relationship with Sam, which is why that was so um, hurtful to, to Mr. Tarly. But what I'm getting at is, is the purpose of the scene just to have that confrontation to where we can't just ignore that Sam's going to have to eventually find out what happened to the Tarleys and characterize a little bit of, of Danny's integrity to have her tell him herself. Mm. Or is it more foreshadowing and kind of starkly, pun intended, contrasting where she's gotten to and that she's kind of a monster now. You know what I mean? Like there's two ways to read it. And the internet has taken mostly the fact that, Oh no, they're painting Danny as this psychopath more and more. I just took it as we can't just ignore that this happened to his family and he's got to find out. And this is how we're going to construct it. How did you read it? Steve? Um, no, I, I read it. I, I actually really, really liked the this scene. Um, I just because I, I felt the 
as soon as he says like, oh, my, my, my dad's Randall Tarly. And you just kind of see it on both Jorah and Daenerys's face. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jorah especially is like, <laughs> oh. You, can right. almost, you almost forget Jorah's in that scene because he like practically just kind of melts away. Yeah, he frame. really does. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it's good. He's like the Homer Simpson gif into the bushes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I enjoyed the scene mostly because of Sam's acting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from and I, I think there's merit to that, but I'm just along for the ride, brother. Right. right. <laughs> I, I love that they're hinting at the idea of the Mad Queen. I do not believe for a second that that's where the plot can go, but I, I do like that that they're, like I said before, that they're involving conflict within the good guys instead of letting it just be a good versus bad for the last season. You know, I, I, right. I, I like that there's uh, some tension there. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. Uh, and I mean, very Martin-esque Samwell killed a fucking thin and a white Walker. Dan- Daenerys didn't mm-hmm. shit, you know, Let's, right. It's like a you bitch now. Take her. Um, getting tight on time as brand would say uh, but um we can't ignore theon who rescues yara uh p- puts an axe into the face of who is actually one of the writers on the show just wanted to get a cameo so they put him in some makeup and <laughs> and one, uh, one of the axed. dudes from always sunny is the yeah. dude that yeah. got the arrow two, in the yeah. eye two comedian friends uh of uh Benios and wife so um I don't know how I don't want to gloss over the Theon thing, but I feel like I need to. But he's I so mean, he's going back to Winterfell and he's just rescued Yara, repaid that she had butts him and then has decided he owes something. to. So that'll be another probably even more awkward return than Jamie's when Theon gets there, I would imagine. And when he's in Winterfell again. Yeah. Like, hey, I burned the place down, murdered a lot of its residents. Tried to kill you. Brand, how you been? Bud didn't find you, though. So All we're right. cool, right? Uh, that you was to go get the raven anyway, so I wouldn't really fucking hear <laughs> shit up. That was by far the most rushed reunion of the entire bunch, even with Yar and Theon, even with the ending. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that yeah, that was just like a you know because it was such a big deal for Theon to come into his own and to prove himself to the Ironborn and whatever, and then it's just yeah. like a dead guy, dead guy, dead guy. Oh, and now you're free. Like that was a really quick like rescuing of what was a, a major plot point for Theon prior to that. Yeah, but I get it. I mean, you get so many amazing characters. He got his moment in the last season with that where you got the beat dude up and then you yeah. had that beautiful shot on the beach where he got all platoon and dropped to his knees and you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um I think he got his moment there. Um Amy Hoosel. So two huge things. Um my dick. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, the horrors. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. The, the, the horror I'm sequence. I'm going to let you dry on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. Um, so there's a whole horror sequence um, with oh Dondarrion Best part of Tormund. the episode. Super entertaining. The way it was shot, I think, it was very different from anything else that I've ever seen on Thrones. Yeah, dude. Um, it's the like way that they movie. shot that and tried to build suspense, and uh, maybe the opening of the pilot where that they first introduced the walkers, and some instances in between, mostly north of the wall, where it was scary like that. But it, it was, that was the best. And then 
the comedic tension, mm-hmm. uh, the tension being broken by the comedic, mm-hmm. you know, like he's got blue eyes. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said. Uh, that was hilarious. I'm 90% sure Tormund's going to become a white now. Uh, I think that that's, Aww. I think that that was a comedic break the ice, but also foreshadowing. Um, you think so? Yeah. Can, can you not picture a white Tormund? I a hundred percent. I definitely that. could. Yeah. That would be horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. terrible, Andy. Yeah. I know, I know it's really <laughs> sad, but that's the kind of thing Game of Thrones would do. The un- it was good to the see. unrequited uh, that- love. It was good Brian. to see that Dolorous Ed is still around and live. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> We're just going to ignore that Dondarian and Tormund are miraculously alive from the right. massive fall, right? And I'm okay ran. with that. It didn't even occur to me. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, they're alive. It's, it's Torment. They ran the other way. <laughs> right. I, so, do, I do love uh, when they're up there and then the... so. Uh, what do they what do they see on the wall? It's the the Glover boy right. pinned to the wall in Ned, the middle of Ned Umber. Of, Umber. Umber. Ned yeah. Umber. Yeah. Or, oh, I said Glover. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're a uh, fucking idiot, Steve. Yeah. Fucking fuck asshole. The fucking Glover. <laughs> we <laughs> thought you were such a good flakes. guy. <laughs> With the spiral body parts that we keep seeing, it's like the third or fourth time that we've seen the, the Night King's symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you Did boys you get- think about the symbol? I, I, I think it's just, you know, imagery i don't think it necessarily has anything any kind of foreshadowing or anything i didn't but the internet seems to think that it's strikingly similar to the targaryen sigil um if you stare at them long enough there is a lot of targaryen-esque lines to it the way that the dragon's wings and legs all kind of i don't know the word but are staggered and spirally like that um and that that that's harkens to a Targaryen lineage to the Night King, which I don't think adds anything to the story whatsoever. We don't need that. Um, the origin of the White Walkers and them being just a demonic force is enough for me. I've never pictured them having much agency. I don't know. What do you think? I don't see that as I don't I don't buy that theory um, just because. I mean, I always took it that the symbol is just the Night King symbol because that was the symbol in which he was created in. Because in the episode where we see the children of the forest making right. what I what I presume is the Night King, he's in the middle of that symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the children of the forest have made that symbol and they've got him strung up like right in the middle of it. And I just assume that was just kind of like some sort of reflection of like he's taken that symbol for whatever reason as a show of like either he's... M- letting people see that as like sort of a revenge play like this is this symbol destroyed me or made me who i am and now it's here i don't and like the night king was created way before there were targaryens in westeros yeah i, I agree so, i'm just saying it's worth mentioning right. i'm with you steve fuck them fuck them <laughs> fuck nerds, <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> um the way that that was shot though like ned's when he comes back as a white and he tries to stab, I think it's Barrick or maybe Tormund. Yeah, um, Tormund, yeah. And they set him aflame, right? That was actually shot with a live actor, small of stature, and they covered him in like a Ned Umber face and, and gel and set the motherfucker on fire. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty. If you watch the behind the scenes, it's on HBO. It's about 18 minutes. And when they, I was like, holy sh- the balls on HBO. Like, all right, today we're setting Phil on fire at <laughs> two o'clock. 
How do you put that on your resume? It feels like, <laughs> oh, it was really cool. They fucking stepped me up on the wall. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they, they were all clapping after they put him out. And he was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm accepted. <laughs> um, I don't know. Very good stunt work is did, what I'm trying to say. The, Very impressed. That scene, like, I, did you guys notice? Uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I watched the episode twice back to back and i was texting mm-hmm. you and i said brb you gonna go watch it again like jokingly but then i actually did right but then i did <laughs> right after i texted you that um did you notice the first time like uh little ned umber's eyes opening during that close-up on barrack with him in the background yes i noticed it i didn't notice it the first time i noticed on my second uh watch i noticed it the first time and i still wasn't prepared it still made me jump like <laughs> it was scary that scream dude was fucking like <laughs> Yeah. Other world, <laughs> Steve, can you do good. it one more time? <laughs> yeah, that's Damn. exactly you what you guys can't like. see this at home. He's just physically doing that with his mouth, and right. I've known for for ages Steve can do amazing things with his mouth. Uh, but this is the most shocking. Yeah, did you guys get any, uh, Did you guys ever play the the game Dead Space? Yeah, yes, yeah, super scary, super scary. Did the kid? plastered on the wall just give you dead space vibes because no, i got not, dead space vibes maybe resident <laughs> evil vibes but yeah same difference Dude, right a little bit yeah as uh not to I mean, reduce those two that, phenomenal I mean, projects all about dismemberment you know and that's fucking dead on so the other huge thing that is not my penis was <laughs> john bringing it back john being told his lineage in real time um which I thought was very deftly done because who does John trust more than probably anyone on this planet, right? Ghost. To be <laughs> to be factual <laughs> um, and to be honest, and so who better to deliver this information, right? So brands wise for that. And did you guys notice anything about where it took place that was very well done? That was in front that of harkened back all the way to the first season. It's in front of Leanna's tomb, right? Leanna's in front of tomb, right where Eddard's like, tomb. Ed, yeah. And Eddard said what in season one? Next time you see me, I will tell you the truth about your mother. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there pretty, he is, pretty, sort of. Pretty legit. And that's also roughly where they were standing when Ned and Rob was in the crypts. Because Leanna's tombs are across from uh, Ned's. And uh, Kit Harrington was uh, given an interview about how to play that. And he was terrified because he's like, there's so much going on. I have to realize that I'm fucking my aunt um, and that, you know, politically, everything I'm trying to do is is going to is crumbling and getting more complicated. And that my dad is not my dad. And I've always wanted to know who my mother was and how am I going to act all of that, you know what I mean? Portray all of that. And so he just decided to go with, you know, disbelief and then anger. Um, so he steps towards Sam and he's like, you know, my father, who's the most honest man that I've known in the world, you know, you expect me to believe that he would lie to me or whatever he says. Right. And then Sam super logically and right away and John Bradley just acting so beautifully. I mean, I just get chills thinking about it. And he was like, you know, your, your father, you know, or, or Ned Stark, who's already saying that who's not your father. Your right? father. <laughs> I love the way he swore to protect you. And Robert would have killed you had he known. So that's what he was doing, you know, and that just made so much sense, you know, and you can mm-hmm. see that John's like, fuck, no, that makes sense. So much sense. Yeah. Um, Kit Harrington knocked it out of the park in this scene. This is probably mm-hmm. the best acting Kit's had in the, 
show, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Did you see that Potentially, H- yeah. HBO short film about tennis with Andy Samberg, though? Yes. <laughs> He's standing there with a boner while they're fucking across. <laughs> Sorry. That was his best acting moment. I'm just saying. Okay. Either that or, it was either that or Pompeii. Right. Um, oh. No, Chris, uh, that's actually really, really insightful. The uh, next time we see each other thing. That's legit. Uh, well, we've been yeah. waiting for that shit, right? Yeah. Um, right. So one I thing did- I didn't like, and I guess I, I need to be more empathetic because who knows how I would feel, but he's immediately like, you know, Sam's like, you gave up your crown for her. Would she do the same? And I'm sitting there. My immediate thought was, uh, I mean, you're already fucking, you could just get married and you can both keep a crown. It's not really that complicated, but I understand what he's saying earlier. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, that's the vibe I got is like, it's not that complicated. It's not like you guys barely know each other and like, this is going to be awkward. I'm actually the king. Like, quick solution let's both rule well he also just found out that and you're Daenerys, right it had already been suggested by the the three old men that ruled yeah. the really ruled the kingdom right well, which was awesome what's it called when a queen the rightful queen marries so queen elizabeth what's her husband's title because it's not prince yeah it's not king it's like prince paramour or something mm. yeah something like but that that's not how it worked back then i don't think I don't know. Has Westeros ever had like a ruling queen other than Cersei? Uh, I believe it was one of the Targaryens. One of the Targaryens had the two lovers, which we always thought. So book lore, I don't know if you knew this, Steve, maybe I talked about it last time, was that Tyrion was also a secret Targaryen. Yeah. Because he killed his mom during birth and Tywin very maybe literally said, you're no son of mine. And that's why he's always hated him so much because Eris raped, uh, Mrs. Lannister. <laughs> so yeah. that's the only name I know of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they would all three ride dragons <laughs> and that Tyrion and John would double team Danny and everybody would be happy. Like that was Whoa. like a book theory. <laughs> Maybe I extrapolated that far, but I'm just saying like, that's so what you were I took from the you theory. Reading it, what, so. if, <laughs> what if Danny and Tyrion double team John? <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Different or, strokes. Or Danny and John double team Tyrion. I mean, that's just unfair. <laughs> he can't get away. He's got a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Um, but anyway, uh, that's that's going to be interesting. And I wonder how they're going to try to broach the subject to, to Daenerys in future episodes. Um, I got a, I got a theory. Okay. Here's my theory. So as Drop soon it, as... Lay it down. So during the scene, as soon as Sam is like, uh, w- w- you gave up your crown, would Daenerys give up hers? My first thought was like, oh, fuck. Danny's going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh Cause I'm, I'm so my, I'm thinking that like at the end of the season, um, there'll be, there'll come a chance where like Danny actually has a a redemption arc in a way where she actually does give up her crown, but that means she has to sacrifice herself. How would she give up her crown and sacrifice herself? Huh? Well, she would she would do what Tyrion suggested last season, and then she would name John her successor if she were to die. Mm. And she had and there's like the whole Azor High prophecy thing, where like Azor High has to kill his lover or something with a flaming sword, and that could be John killing Danny because she's given up her crown yeah. for the good of the realm. Maybe even like a metaphorical yeah. version of that. Yeah. I maybe definitely think Danny's going to die this season or well, in, in the show. Uh, I, I don't see a way out of, I don't see survival in Danny's future. Yeah. The way that, that Martin goes. Right. 
Um, and that's very sad, but, um, a few other things, I guess I just want to wrap things up. I know that my better half is, uh, awaiting the bedroom so she can get up for work in the morning and which is where I'm recording. She's very sweet. Yeah. Do your podcast. I'll stay up late. Um, that's not how she talks at all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, a few things. So there were a lot of reunions in this episode. We've got Arya and the Hound. Uh, we didn't talk about Arya and Gendry at all. Um, Jamie and Bran, which the internet has blown up about, you know, that was awesome. Payoff, we alluded to that. Yeah, John, and Bran, John and Bran, Arya and John and Sansa and Tyrion. Um, Arya and Gendry is important, though, because she brings him schematics for a weapon that she wants to build. For a little dildo. I, did you guys... <laughs> did you I guys don't think it was a dildo. Did you pause the scene and look it at needle. it? Like, <laughs> now, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen drawings of it. Stick it with the point. Okay. Um, I've seen drawings on the internet sent and um and read read a little bit about it it's very clearly some kind of uh darth maul-esque spear with two sides maybe one side dragon glass one side her valyrian dagger um she got all that which is kind staff of redundant, training isn't it maybe but one's for also people i don't know so <laughs> you can never have too many blades <laughs> right and she got all that staff training you know in in bravos so yeah, fair she gets enough. to she needs to show spin that around and fight whites with that and that's going to be awesome right yeah. a showstopper weapon is what the internet's calling it um and also a little bit of a hint of the the old romance between arya and gendry um do you think arya will ever find love in this show any chance to be an actual person before the show's over i hope so i mean she's really i mean i know sansa's had it rough but i mean Arya has never been able to stop and develop into any kind of normal type person at any point really i really kind of hate like where her arc has gone at this point because she seems like and did the for the entire last season like seemed like while simultaneously having more agency than she's ever had in her life felt like she had none. Like she doesn't feel like a person right now. She feels like a person going through the motions and that's kind of bothered me. Um, well, she's always been even as a little girl before any strife, like not just a tomboy, but with hints of sadism Right. You know what I mean? Uh, a little off, which is why she was suited. Like, I love the line from The Hound. It was one of my favorite lines from the show. And you've always been a, a cold little bitch, which is, I guess is how you survive this song, right? So, right. which is awesome. It's just, it's, that's the closest The Hound can get to saying, good to see you. You know, like you're looking good. <laughs> right. I just, um, I think back to like season three when she's with The Hound and like how much more of a person she was. And I, I think to that, quote you know you're the worst shit in the seven kingdoms or whatever like like she just was more of a i don't know had more depth and now she just i, I don't know well, she feels off she she went through hell a she tremendous became ordeal ordeal I get it. I get it. literal identity repression training right yeah fair, fair enough right fair enough and um, i think that's why i like that scene so much with john where she finally breaks that facade at mm -hmm. least for a second yeah yeah 
there is one little bit in that scene with uh, Gendry where they have their back and forth and he's like, I always knew you're a rich girl. You you don't know any rich girls. Yeah. And, and she walks away. And up to that point, she's been mostly kind of stone cold Arya. Uh-huh. She threw a little sass. And then when she walks away, she does a quick little like turn to like look at him and smiles again and turns back. Like that was the most human thing. She other does than a her reaction with 360, John. bro. Like she, she's yeah. looking. Yeah. <laughs> and she... <laughs> And that, that was a good that moment was, I got to share with my my girl. You know, we looked at each other and she she was digging it and like, get him, girl, girl, go. <laughs> like I just saw my girl's eyes, like, girl, go. Like, <laughs> um, that's what I imagine. At least I don't know if it's how girls telepathically mm, communicate or you anything. Think, but you, get, you guys think they'll play the game of faces with each other? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh I almost said something awful. Anyway. Um, uh, a few extra little things I picked up from the interwebs uh, that the blondness of Lannister hair becomes duller when they become less loyal. That was a really <laughs> stupid way of saying that. Uh, but if you think about it, Jamie and Tyrion's hair was really bright blonde mm. in older seasons and as yeah. they stray from the family it becomes darker duller so now when when jamie takes off his cowl when he arrives in winterfell it's it's like that's a dirty like, it's like a dirty brown it's like right? a dark brown yeah mm-hmm. it's been yeah. pretty brown for also the sun has a lot to do with that i think it is winter now um get out of here with your logic <laughs> i honestly i think wardrobe <laughs> has more to do with it you remember thor's eyebrows in the first two thor movies no, no. What the fuck, Andy? <laughs> go, go, but speaking, go, I do want to point this out. I'm sorry to interrupt you because it's crazy. I feel so fucking stupid. And my like, my girl was like, "You're an idiot." I never noticed until I was watching an interview with Amelia Clark, and then I had to switch from that to an actual episode of the show, and I figuratively shit myself. She has bold, thick, dark eyebrows. Yeah, with yeah. that silver hair. What the fuck, makeup department? They actually kind of dyed them a little bit in like the first season, I think. What the fuck? Yeah. How easy I I could literally make the eyebrows silver. Like, come well, here. I think it's because she's so well known for having ultra expressive eyebrows that what maybe the fuck? maybe they didn't want to hide them at all. Right. I mean, obviously, I'm kidding because I never even noticed, so it's not a huge deal. But now I can't unsee it. Yeah, it's bothering me. <laughs> no, I get first it. it would be easy to give her purple contacts. Still upset about that, and now you took the eyebrows from me. That I never noticed. You know, anyway, speaking of hair color, later, somebody else uh, pointed out on the internet I read the other day. Um, you know how the whole plot with Ned was uh, the seed is strong that the Baratheons always have black hair. And, you know, yes. uh, look at Shireen. She's blonde. And that's the complete that completely undoes the entire theory around which both Ned and uh, John Aaron's, you know, Shireen's were not based. blonde. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's like light. She's got like light like brown, brown, if you will. Anyway, she doesn't have uh, black hair. It, right. It was so and so Baratheon, black of hair. So and so Baratheon, black of hair, and then Joffrey Baratheon, golden haired. Well, those were all dudes. It was, weren't they? Every yeah, but also Baratheon, Shireen's that brown hair. Brown's not as recessive as blonde, so it would have to be a literal blonde for your your gripe to stand true. Also, what house is her mother from? Maybe that seed is like super strong. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Stronger seed. Uh, that's true. 
Fair well, enough. Is fair there anything, enough. um, anything you guys want to add or, or touch on as we wrap up or mm. fuck yeah for 69 is obviously the end, but <laughs> fuck yeah for 69. No, was, I, I, I enjoyed this episode. I, but I'm really, really excited to see what else they do. Cause I definitely feel like the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Uh, we're very excited. Thank you so much. I know I did, I should have said this at the top of the show. I'm just nervous about the new recording format. So I didn't mention it, but, um, we're very grateful to those listening. I know that it's not quite our, our stranger things coverage, but I want you to follow us, uh, support us into the great unknown. There's a lot of really fucking good game of Thrones podcasts. Uh, we are not unaware of that. Um, <laughs> shout out to bald move. And, um, I don't know if you guys know this. I, I follow, uh, Andy knows this, uh, a few people very closely. One of which is Joanna Robinson, um, who is, probably the most famous watcher of television on the planet right now, thanks to game of Thrones largely, but also her intellect and, and work ethic. But I mean, she's just skyrocketed. She has, um, I saw an article top five game of Thrones podcasts in the world, three of which were hers. <laughs> Cause she does one for vanity fair. She has cast of Kings with Dave Chen and then storm of spoilers, which I find insane. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So she's like the premier GOT expert. Um, Dude, when, but anyway, when Game of Thrones if you are comes listening out, to she's... this one, thank you is what I'm trying to get at. Um, <laughs> we do our own, our own little thing. You can email streaming things pod at gmail.com. And please do with your, your favorite moments of uh, episode 68 and what you think might go down with 69. Um, that's streaming things pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter and all that. Thank you so much to Steve for staying up even later than us to edit this. Oh. My name is Chris. A man has no name. <laughs> <laughs> Every time now. And I'm Steve. <laughs> and this is Streaming Things, Benjamin Nerd. come pouring out your cunt mouth. I'm gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room.